Welcome to season two of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your go-to weekly business podcast that's fluff-free, to the point, and filled to the brim with real strategies and honest experiences that will help you in your business. We keep most episodes bite-sized because I know you're busy. I'm Katrina Aronson, your host and a marketing and business strategy coach for small business entrepreneurs. I've started and scaled my own multi-six-figure businesses before even becoming a coach. And my deepest desire is to help women to have the tools and the confidence to do whatever is on their heart and make money doing it. Let's jump into today's episode. Oh, hello there and welcome to today's episode of The Marketing Lens. If you are new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, thank you so much for being here. So most of our episodes are short and potent, under 20 minutes. But the last episode of the month is an interview episode, which means I get to pick the brain of a badass entrepreneur who is doing her thing. And I want to know how. I want to know what's working for them, what isn't, secrets to their craft, some real questions that will help you to get ahead in your business. Today, I am interviewing, it's a really fun interview, Betsy and Laura Milney. Not even sure if that's how you say their last name yet, but they are human design coaches. And that is what we're going to dive into today. They're also podcast hosts and creators behind the brand Luscious Hustle. Love the name of that brand too. And I will tell you why. So we're obviously going to talk about human design and I have a lot of questions about it. And honestly, I know very little. And instead of researching a ton, which is typically what I would do, I wanted this interview to be really raw with the beginner questions. So if you're new like me to human design, maybe you're aware of Enneagrams or other personality type tests or assessments. Um, This is kind of that next level and it goes into what they call science. So we'll dig into that together. You are in the right place. Even if you know a lot about human design, this is how it applies to your business and they're going to bring you to that next level of um, understanding it. Um, So the reason I love the name of their business, Luscious Hustle, is I really do not like the word hustle. And so they're all about redefining what that means. And that really aligned for me. So without further ado, I'm going to let them take it away and let's learn together about human design. Okay, Betsy and Laura, I am so excited to dive into this conversation that I am going to admit I know very little about. So thank you so much for being here and letting me pick your brain. You're so welcome. We're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So we're talking about human design and marketing. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's done like Enneagram tests and personality tests, do those fall into the same camp or are we talking about something totally different? I personally would say that we're talking about something completely different. And the reason for that is that a lot of the personality tests out there require you to answer questions. So there's immediately some kind of cognitive bias that's feeding into there. I mean, it's really hard to very, very, very honestly (laughs) answer questions about yourself without some element of wishful thinking, or even if you're not in the wishful thinking category, um, just there's a, there's a lot of conditioning and conditioning. We'll talk about that as a big piece of um, part of part of the healing and the growth journey that happens when you start experimenting with your human design, but we all experience conditioning through our childhood and adolescence and early adulthood, and that really you know changes and affects how we how we approach the world from our personal lives and then as well in our businesses. So 
I personally think, I mean, Betsy and I are kind of like, we're personal development, spiritual development junkies. We've done every, we've done the Enneagram. We've done every personality test that there is under the planet and nothing, when we discovered human design, nothing came close to being as accurate um, or as expansive for us or as, as helpful as, or as helpful, like as, as, because it's so specific, human design gets very, very, very specific. And we'll talk about that because there's some generalities in the different energy types with human design, but then, you know, I mean, you could have two generators and they're have very different charts and you can get, you can just get so individual. And I think that's what I've always loved about it so much is like how unique you can get in terms of just every, every element of how you're meant to operate in the world. Cool. Okay. So we're going to go deep into exactly what human design is and how it really works and plays with marketing. But first I want to walk it back and I want to hear your collective story on how you met. And of course, bring us to what exactly do you do and how did you get here? Well, how much time do we have? No. Um, <laughs> so, so our story is really interesting. Laura and I have the same last name, but we are actually not related. And our last name Milne is not one that you just like run into at the grocery store on the regular basis. Like it's not like Jones. It's not like Smith. Like here we are two girls living in two different countries, two different time zones. And Laura actually, um, slid into my DMS way back in like 2016, I want to say now. And it was funny because back then I was doing a food blog and health coaching. She was with a network marketing company and she slid into my DMS. And like, I was so new at Instagram at that point. Like I knew how to post pictures and stuff, but I wasn't using it as a tool to connect with anybody. She slid into my DMs and then I opened it and I was like, oh my God, we have the same last name. She's from Calgary. My grandpa's from Alberta. Like there were all these sort of synergistic connections, but I closed it. And then I didn't know how to find the DM again because the little red dot had gone away. And then I was like, what? So it took me a couple of weeks to find the DM and then write her back and connect with her. And it was just very much like a, a natural progression, a very fast, natural progression with Laura. Cause we had the same last name. Um, like I said, we had that connection of Alberta, Calgary, and my grandpa being from medicine hat. And she was working with the product partner that I had been looking at. So we very quickly went from like DM to email. We were on a phone call within a week of connecting an email. I signed up with the partner product partner. And what happened was every month we were supposed to have this sort of business because she was my upline. We were supposed to be having this like business strategy call and <laughs> like grow marketing. Right. And we would get on the calls and they, like I said, they were supposed to be like 15 minute calls and they would turn into these hour conversations around business and life and doing marketing differently and branding differently because I didn't want to be like a network marketer. I was still viewing myself as a health coach, but we were talking about, you know, how to build side hustles and how to like elevate brands. And Laura was really into the Instagram, like, you know, taking off as a personal brand there. And so these conversations unfolded and fast forward, like maybe six months, I was in New York city having um, dinner with my girlfriends and it was like the night of SantaCon, And that's like a crazy night in the city. And all they wanted to do was talk about like their Tinder dates. And I was like, no, let's talk about website hosting, and like, <laughs> like branding and marketing. And all my friends are looking at me going, what is happening right now? And I just, I, I just remember like we were out and we had such a great night. 
but I woke up the next day and I had friend with another, I had breakfast with another friend who was uh, in blogging and we were talking and he's like, you should have a podcast. And I was like, you're right. I should. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, well, you could do it by yourself. And I'm like, no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and he goes, well, who would you want to do it with? And Laura was the first person that came to mind. Cause I just talked to her before I had come, gone down to the city. And, um, so I texted her, I was like, Hey, I got this crazy idea. Now, mind you, we had never met in real life at this point. Still like six months into our friendship. I'm like, do you want to start a podcast? She's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Do you know how to, what, like, what's a podcast? She had no idea. <laughs> and she's like, do you know how to edit it? I said, no, I have no clue. And we just, we launched a podcast literally two weeks later, we launched a podcast. We were on iTunes within two weeks, which back then I don't, I don't think I realized at the time, like what we were doing. Like I had no idea because apparently that's very fast. And we built up, we built the podcast. We, we did it for a full year before we monetized. And what, what came out of the podcast, we had no plan we had no niche. We had no branding, whatever. Like we built everything from scratch with one follower, I think when we started. (laughs) And what we did was we talked to women entrepreneurs. Like that was the shtick at the beginning. It wasn't on purpose. Like we thought of ourselves, we were called luscious living at that point. We weren't even luscious hustle, but we started and we just kept having these super interesting conversations with women entrepreneurs talking about how they were building their businesses, how they were marketing themselves, how they were branding themselves. And it it opened us up to this whole new world. And then when we started our business four years ago, our first product was called Luscious Hustle Academy. And it was to teach women how to build side hustles online, how to build a personal brand and sell yourself online. And it was mostly for women in network marketing because we were still sort of dabbling in that world. Um, But over the last four years, it has expanded into a very different coaching experience with us. (laughs) And we still do the marketing and the branding piece, but it really is about the energetics of being a business owner because both of us have struggled with burnout. Both of us have struggled with the energetics of like running a business and what that looks like online because there's so much going on in the world now. Um, And it really is... I mean, if you were to ask me like what we're most passionate about, it's helping women make money but making money and not feeling like you're selling yourself out in the process, mm-hmm. right? Because you know the strategies aren't working or you're trying a strategy and it's not working. Um, so we use human design as the tool then to help us sort of see below the surface because mm-hmm. I'm designed very differently than you and Laura. Like we looked up your chart at the beginning of this, you're a generator, Laura's a generator. It's a very different energy than me who is a projector I'm only supposed to work a couple hours a day. What does that mean as a business owner who's like super passionate, highly driven, competitive type A? I mean, it's a, it was something that I needed to unpack. And as soon as we did that, like things just shifted dramatically and it has been amazing. So wow, that's so- the shortest version I can give you. <laughs> did I touch on everything, Laura? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just the level of, I mean, the level of weird though. I mean, like we, we, we still live in two different countries, 3000 miles apart. We're two hour time zone apart. Like, you know, we started our business and everything was on zoom. Either we were either conversa- having conversations on the phone that quickly switched to zoom and Voxer like all day, every day. And this was years before the pandemic. This was years before that was like normal. Um, but we just, it was like, well, this is, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. And we feel really passionate about it. And I know it's kind of crazy to start, like literally incorporate a business <laughs> with someone that, cause we actually incorporated before, oh no, we had met in person one time. 
but then Once. we, yeah, once. for two days, um, yeah, for two days. And then literally incorporated a business, launched our first pro, you know, our first product and we were off to the races like it, but it just felt super aligned. And, you know, and that is a big piece of our journey with our human designs. And this is before we really understood our human design, but we, when we kind of backtrack it now, we can see how we were each actually unconsciously operating pretty close to alignment. Um, and so then, you know, unpacking that moving forward has allowed us to sort of reverse engineer where it is that we want to go and how we want to get there. This is so cool. We're talking about energetics and alignment and you guys, you know, deciding to go on this entrepreneurial journey together with the podcast really is the same thing, right? You're, you felt that alignment with each other and you kind of just knew, I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff that went into it, but I feel like there's, Oh no, there wasn't. It literally was like my friend (laughs) saying, do a podcast. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. That feels good. And then it was like, do you want to do it by yourself? No. And then who, who would you do it with? And it was, there was no question. Like if Laura said, no, I don't know. I just knew she would say yes though. Yeah. And I texted her on the way driving home from New York city. I was like, I have this crazy idea. Can you talk? And she's like, yeah, sure. We had no clue. Would you say that was like intuition? Is that what you would call it? Totally. Totally. It was just, so the way that we'll get more into this, but I'm a self projector projector. So like when I say things, that's how I know that it's right for me. Mm. That's my authority. So for me, it was like, I'm going to do it with Laura. And as soon as I said it, I was like, yes, that's Mm. it. And, and as a generator, Laura being asked the question and being given something to respond to, which is yes or no. She was like, yes. Like she didn't even hesitate. It was like, yes. So that, that right there, if we look back at that moment, both of us were acting in alignment. We had no sweet clue. We didn't have any idea of how we were going to do it. How was inconsequential at that point? I was like, I can do illustrator stuff in Adobe. Like I can figure out how to edit a podcast. Like there was no logic behind it. It was just like, yep, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is where we're going to go. And off to the races we went. Okay. All right. So now we have to jump in to human design. What is it? And then we'll, then I'll ask you a million questions because I'm going to have them. Okay. Okay. Laura, do you you want to kick off? You, you, you talk about human design. I'll talk about the energy types. Okay. So human design is a system that came into being. It was downloaded by uh, a man named Rue. I can never say his name. I'm just going to butcher it. So I'm not going to say it, but it was downloaded by uh, a person um, (laughs) back in the eighties, I want to say. And so what it is, is it's a combination of five different things. So we have astrology and how your human design chart comes together. It's where the stars were 90 days before you were born and where the stars are at the time of your birth. So you do need to know like date, time, and where you were born for the most accurate reading. And then the other pieces or the other elements that are all combined in there is that the chakra system. So instead of a traditional seven chakra system, like we get in like the Hindu system, we have nine chakra systems in human design. So there's two extra chakras that we have. Um, and then we have the I Ching, which creates the gates. So in human design, there are 62 or 64 gates that all, um, correlate with the I Ching. And then we have the channels. So what the channels do is they 
connect the energy centers between and tell us like what's defined and what's undefined. And that, that ties into the tree of life that's in Kabbalah. So there's multiple energy systems that are working together here and they give us insights into how our energy flows. So really what you're looking at when you look at a human design chart, you're looking at your body graph. Like there's multiple versions that you can pull up. You can pull up one that has the whole mandala with the I Ching wheel and it's got all the the hexagons and everything. It's beautiful to look at, very complicated. Your brain will just want to shut down the first time you see it and be like, I ain't got time for this. But if you look at like a traditional body graph, which is what we use and what we work from with our clients, um, you'll see there's the body with the seven energy types or the, the nine energy centers. Yeah. Nine energy centers. I don't know why my brain just farted on that, but (laughs) nine energy centers. And then you've got your channels and your gates and that all ties in with the outside, um, astrology because it's like planets where Uh they are when you were born. Um, And I will say this, you know, it's funny because I was just having this conversation with my brother and sister-in-law over the weekend, we were doing their charts and they were like, holy shit, this is spot on. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, if you weren't here explaining it to me right now, though, I wouldn't pay attention because there's way too much going on in this chart for me to like wrap my head around it. But as we started peeling back the main things that they needed to know, they were like, oh, I can get into this. And now of course I get text messages every day. Well, what about this <laughs> thing, Betsy? Well, what about this? What about this? And then they're like, oh my God. Yes. So it's very accurate. It's pretty spot on. It gives us our consciousness and our unconscious. So the 90 days before is like the unconscious part of us, whereas where we're born, that's like our conscious personality. And it's super fascinating how that all plays out. Mm, okay. I know it's a lot. It's no, a lot. It's not a lot, I'm, I'm but it's good. I, I feel like there's one other, there's another part coming, Laura. Yeah. So yes, the, the best place, the really cool thing about human design is that the layers that you can go into are so in depth. Like we can break down, you know, how you're meant to eat your environment, how you manifest, how your brain works. Like there's, there's a lot of, um, intricacy to human design. But, but the, none of that's other, important at the beginning. But, yeah, exactly. That's the coolest thing about human design is if you know actually the basics of your energy type, um, your strategy, your authority, you're ready to rock. Like you can go so far with so little. And then, you know, as you unpack it, and we always say that, you know, human design is an experiment. You're meant to play with it. You're meant to try it on and work with it within your life and your business, and then sort of start to unpack the layers. So Within human design, sort of the the base layer of understanding is your energy type. There are five energy types in the world, and they're all quite unique. So the first first two we'll talk about are what we call a generator, which you and I are generators. Mm -hmm. Um, There's manifesting generators. Then there's manifestors, projectors like Betsy, and reflectors. So in the um, nine energy centers, one of the energy centers is your sacral. So if you have a defined sacral... That makes you either a generator or a manifesting generator. Um, this is this; those two groups comprise about seventy percent of the world's population. So, what that basically means is, in a, nutshell, in a nutshell, is that those of us with that defined sacral energy, like the sacral, is life force energy. It is big. It is bold. It is sparkly. It is powerful, and we operate by responding. So, we're just responding to our external environment. Um, you know. When you have that defined sacral, what really gives you energy and gives you that drive to go in the world and get everything done 
is desire. It's purely based on desire. So when your desire is peaked, that and your sacral responds like, uh-huh, yes, I'm excited about this. I desire this. Then it produces energy in your body and away you go. You will have boundless energy. And through your aura, Jens and Manny Jens have a very open, enveloping, sparkly aura that unconsciously others around you will pick up on. They will pick up on that big, bright, sparkly energy. So think like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like Beyonce has a defined sacral. Jennifer Lopez has a defined sacral. It's like that big, powerful, bold energy. And you're just like, yes, 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 yes. Like I feel, feel so warmed. It's like it can envelops you. Um, and so, you know, with generators and manifesting generators, they're a little bit different, but, you know, together really, we are, you know, traditionally referred to as the workhorses sort of the worker bees, but that has a very different context um, in the paradigm of human design. So in the sort of old paradigm of work, we would say like, oh, you're a worker bee, you're meant to work, work, work. In human design, we understand that you're actually designed to be a little bit selfish. You're designed to, to zero in on like what lights you up, what gets you so excited that you almost become, you're just obsessed with it. And you met, you're truly designed to follow your bliss. And when you do that, when it's a big sacral, hell yes, feeling in your body, you will produce so much energy that you'll just be able to go, go, go. And so in that sense, it's like you can climb the mountain and it's almost like your mountain has no peak and you just will continue to follow the thing that you love, that you're excited about and master it. And and generators, we really love to like master our process Mm -hmm. and just become so good at it. Um, And uh, manifesting generators are similar but they, that little bit of manifestor piece in them makes them very multi-passionate and it gives them this ability to pivot fast. So, um, as an example, my daughter's a manifesting generator, she's six years old. And so with manifesting generators, they have a tendency to like pivot quickly. They they're kind of, we consider them like human superhumans in the human design world. So, you know, they really like, they'll be over here doing something and then they'll jump over and do something else and then jump and jump and back and forth. And they, they might seem to the outside as being someone who's maybe a bit, um, you know, you, if you were to see that in a child, you might label them ADD, like, oh, they have ADHD They're You know, they can't focus. They're jumping all over the place. They don't finish their tasks, but actually man, uh, manifesting generators, just, they will start something they will complete it to a certain level of satisfaction. And then they're like, and we're moving on. And that's actually correct for them. So there's a lot of times with clients, you know, we, that we work with that are, we tend to attract actually a lot of manifesting generator clients. They have a lot of gain, um, guilt and shame around, um, you know, wanting to be multi-passionate and have in struggling with how to niche or how to brand themselves because they have a lot going on in their businesses. They are multi-passionate and multi-talented. And so it's really about, they don't need to hone in on a particular niche the way a generator would. They're actually more designed to have multiple sort of facets to their business under one overarching brand. Mm -hmm. So it really actually changes things quite uniquely for them and things move fast for them. They can manifest really quickly when they're given that permission to just sort of be the way that they are. So that's, that's gens and many gens. Manifestors are about 8% of the population. So they're pretty rare. And manifestors are truly the only ones in the human design world, the only people in the world who are designed to initiate. They can literally initiate anything. If they get this spark, this urge within themselves to be like, oh, I know what my next project is. 
this is it. I'm so lit up. I'm so excited about it. And they will just go. And all they have to do is literally like announce like, Hey everybody, I'm going over here to do this thing. And I'm really excited about it. Everyone else who's excited about it, you're welcome to join me. And then they just take off and go and that their energy will sort of rally the crowd behind them. Um, and the right people, not everyone will follow them, but the right people will rally behind their new project, their initiative, their offer and jump on board and be really excited about it. Um, but the interesting thing, you know, from the business perspective is that so many of us are nurtured from an early age to be like, go out and just do it and just start things. And that's actually really not correct. Like it's only (laughs) just doing it and initiating something is really only correct for about 8% of the population. Mm. And that would be the manifestors. So then you have projectors. So Betsy's a projector and projectors are really cool. They're about 20% of the population and projectors are here to be our guides. They are non, what we consider non-energetic beings. Um, and they, they truly are the type that can look at a system or a process or a mechanism within a business, understand it, master it, but they're not meant to do it. They're meant to observe it and see it and then be invited in to be like, hey, do you have a better idea about how this could work? And they'd be like, actually, yes, I do. Thank you for asking because <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> let me let me give you some guidance here. And that's like, truly, that's like a, a projector's superpower is that they see things so differently than the rest of us and they make the most incredible guides. Mm-hmm. They And that's really what we need them for in this world is they just see things differently. They're, but they're here to see and to be and to guide, but not to do. And the really interesting thing about projectors that we have, you know, spent a lot of time experimenting with in, in the Luscious Hustle brand is that projectors are really ideally only designed to work about two to four hours a day, which is entirely counterintuitive to what most people are experiencing corporate or what most people experience when they're starting up a new business. And certainly like that, you know, Betsy's a projector. She worked in New York for 12 years and she like slept with her Blackberry. She hustled hard and burnt herself out badly. Um, and that's an, that's a common experience shared by projectors that there's just a lot of burnout and they're not really using their projector power, their talents to be a guide in the correct way. And so when they do, they actually will see a lot more success very quickly with a lot less time and energy put in. Mm. So they're, they're very unique. And then last but not least is reflectors reflectors are like 1% of the population. They're exceptionally rare. What makes them a reflector is that all of their energy centers, every single one of them is open or undefined. So what that means is that they really are meant to, like their name suggests, they're meant to be in the center of the tribe. They're meant to be in the center of their community and they will reflect back to the rest of us how we're doing. So if, if what is happening in, say, they, say a reflector gets invited to a party, and they leave feeling disappointed. That's a reflection to themselves that they were in the wrong environment around the wrong people. But it's also a reflection to the rest of us that we, there's something about the energy of that, of that group or that community or that event that was off. Something was off. It's not right. Conversely, where reflectors feel delighted and surprised that's the correct environment for them. And they will actually amplify and reflect back to the rest of us that energy that they're picking up. So they, um, they really are, you know, traditionally and, and now like they're so, um, 
they're so powerful to have in a business because they do, they just amplify, they pick up and amplify all of the energy reflected back out. It informs them and informs the rest of us of how we're doing. And, um, I mean, we know of as rare as they are, we actually know several reflectors, um, who have very successful businesses and they have, because they are reflecting what's on what's, you know, in the environment around them, they have a sort of chameleon like nature to them. So they actually can shift, you know, shift and pivot their businesses, their brands, um, pretty seamlessly. And that's really correct for them, right? It's about them moving in the direction of what brings them delight and surprise. And that's where they'll find their most, their greatest success is when they start to like, they find that right niche for them that just brings them, um, that like delightfully surprised feeling and that delightfully surprised energy, um, and they are also like projectors, non-energetic beings. So they need a lot of rest. They need a lot of rest and they're not meant to go, go, go all the time. Mm. <clears throat> wow. This is so, so cool. I'm so glad that I get to ask like the very basic questions because I feel like a lot of people tend to not know truly what human design is. I've heard so many people talking about it and I've never heard it broken down. So this is kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> Um, I have have people that I've kind of ascribed to each of them as well. So, um, I wonder if like, you know, with Enneagram, you never want to ascribe what people are. So I would imagine in human design, you don't want to do that either, but I'm going to ask you afterwards, which one my daughter is. Cause I have a design. I have a, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So what uh, before we like go into the true granular parts of what we're about to discuss i want to know what brought you guys into human design we actually were interviewing a friend like in that first year i honestly think it's been 4 years now cuz i think we interviewed her before right as we were launching luscious hustle academy anyway she got on she's a very spiritual she is a spiritual coach out in the world now um, she's a manifester. Anyway, she got on and she's like, what's your human design? And we were like, I don't know. And there, we were very much, I was very much into astrology. One of the early things that we did in our business was, uh, we started using the moon and the lunar cycle in our business, because that was something that I was really into. So like, I guess there's always been that sort of, I hate saying this, the woo thread yeah. people label us as that. I mean, to me, human design is just science. Like, I mean, it is. Yeah. Science. 100%. Um, So she had us look up our human designs and it was funny because Laura being a generator and being told like, oh, you're like the worker bee. She's like, oh man. And me being in the projector, finding out that I was only supposed to work two to four hours. I just felt this huge weight lifted off my shoulder. And I was like, you mean I don't have to hustle all the time? And I just... For me, it was permission to to really truly be myself. Whereas for Laura, there was this moment of like, I would much rather be a manifester. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be initiating things. But as we've unpacked it, and you know, we've been studying this for four years now, as we unpack the layers of it, it it really did give us permission to do things differently. And it has given our clients permission to do things differently and to really own what works for them and release what doesn't work for them. Because I think that there's so much of this, like one size fits all and do it this way and hustle this way. And it works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so being able to pivot faster as a projector or faster 
as a manifester or, you know, even as a reflector, because generators being 70% of the population, having that defined sacral and having that life force energy within you, you guys get to, you you know, if you're lit up by what you're doing, it's going to be easy. It's going to happen quickly. Um, but for people that are non-sacrals, I survived in New York. Like I, I use air quotes. You can't see me, but I, I survived in New York because I was picking up on that generator energy from everybody around me. And I was a super generator so I could keep going. But when you work from home and you work for yourself, I have a very different energy when I'm at home by myself in my own little universe. So I don't have that energy to tap into. And it's, it, for me at the beginning, that was the hardest thing. It's like, I wanted to go, I made commitments. I, and I was like, where's all my energy gone? Turns out I wasn't tapped in because I wasn't in the room with other people that had sacral energy for me to siphon off. And Mm -hmm. that was a very eye-opening thing for me. I would say, yeah, I would say too. I mean, the thing though with, with Betsy as a projector is like, yes, projectors can or it, manifestors or reflectors can tap into that sacral energy that, of the gens and the manning gens, but, and that's okay to a certain extent, but like yeah. Betsy got really sick in New York. She almost died. Like she was yeah. very, very unwell because she was being a super, she was tapping into other people's energy and operating like a generator, mm-hmm. which is incorrect for her literally to the point that she made, she burned herself out so badly. She made herself incredibly sick. And you know, when we, when I, we, when we started to dig deeper into our human design, I could literally go back and trace all of the steps that we had made in our business and notice the things that had gone really well and been just effortlessly successful were the times when I was unconsciously operating in alignment as a generator. And the times when I was trying, because a lot of us, again, are conditioned to function like a manifester and only 8% are really meant to do that. The times when I was trying to initiate, because I thought that was the correct thing to do and pushing myself, those launches didn't go well. Like they, they fell flat when you're, when you're trying to act out of alignment and you can usually like anything in life, we can hustle hard and we can force things to a certain extent, but eventually will burn out. Eventually we'll run out of steam and it just won't work anymore. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the clients that we have now are women who have very successful businesses, but something doesn't feel right anymore. Like they've, it's, you know, they've, they have a program they have an offering. They've, you know, they have their launch cycle that they run every year, but every launch just seems to either not be as successful as the last or in order to make it success as successful as the last launch, they're having to push harder, hustle harder, expend themselves more greatly. And it's burning them out and it's, it's sapping. It's like sucking away the excitement and the passion that they once had for their businesses. And so it's, you know, what's so exciting to see in the work that we do is when you actually tap back into alignment with how you're meant to work properly, you get to make changes. You get to break your own rules in your business. You can just start marketing yourself in a different way that feels completely in alignment. And then things pick up again. The momentum happens and it doesn't have to feel like you're pushing water uphill. Oh my God. This makes so much sense with everything that I do because a lot of what I do is strategy work, right? People will think they're coming to me because they want to learn the strategy behind certain things and how to get their face in front of more people. But at the end of the day, it tends to be a lot more mindset work, right? It's much more individualized than people realize um, because some kinds of marketing don't feel good, right? So this makes so much sense with marketing and business overall, because we're taught 
forever. Like you said, the conditioning, like it's a one size fits all. This is how you do it. We see someone else have a success. And so people want to copy that. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. So I, first of all, I'm super connected to all of this, but I want to hear some examples. Do you have any examples of clients that have pivoted and what their experiences are that you can share? Well, I can use myself as an example. Um, Because so again, like I grew up in a very corporate world. I worked in fashion. So you can tell that, I mean, it's 24 seven, it's New York city, like there's shit going on all the time. And when I got into our business, interestingly, like I fall back into, because I built up a private label division for a company. I was, you know, in sales meetings and I was really, it's funny. Cause I would never view myself as a salesperson, but I did millions and millions of dollars worth of sales a year. And it was because the meetings were being set up and people were coming to me. So when I stepped into the online space and we're taught, you know, sales is a conversation, you go out there, you initiate, you do discovery calls, you do this, you do that. I was like, okay, I can do all these things, but it always, I don't know if I was initiating conversations or trying to get people on a discovery call, it never worked. Like it just was ridiculous. Laura could do that. Laura could you know, start conversations and get us on. But I honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, I'm not a discovery call person. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned through human design, which is very interesting. So with the projector, our strategy is to be recognized and then to be invited. So if I'm initiating a discovery call, one, I'm pushing, right? Like that's the outward facing pushing. And I'm not waiting for the recognition of like, oh, I like you. I want to work with you. And then those people are recognizing me and setting up their own discovery call. When we have that happen, it's a very different experience for me. Whereas if I'm trying to push it to happen, it just feels and falls really flat. We recently ran, I ran a program within our business for the first time by myself. So I launched it by myself and it was so interesting how I would fall into a very generator sort of way of showing up. And instead of just owning what the program was about and just being really excited about it and sharing about it, I would get into, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And I found myself doing stories where I was like, oh, I had this great idea and we're going to talk about this in magnetic. And I'm like, who are you right now? Like that's how generators (laughs) work, right? Like generators can tell you how they're going to do something or they're going to give you the steps. Whereas projectors, because we are meant to be the guides, we really do have to meet people where they're at and we have to be able to hold the vision. Like, yes, of course there was a, there was an outline for my program, but I also know as a projector, everything shifted when I knew who was in the group, when I knew the energy and when I knew the charts of the people in, in, in our group. And so for me showing up and just being like every single day, like, yeah, let's go do it. You know, that falls flat and it was the old way. And it's how Laura launches and when Laura does it, it's amazing. And people resonate when I do it. I'm like the asshole in the corner trying to sell you <laughs> ice cream. And it's like two degrees outside. <laughs> and it just, it's like, it's just like, no, no, we don't want that over there. So for me, understanding that I don't need to be on every day when I, when I would switch into like, oh, I should be on Instagram and I should do this newsletters, my happy place, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have that deeper connection with people already. I've been invited into their world. They've confirmed that they want me to be there. I can be truly authentic, truly myself. Um, But like me just getting on stories, like I got to sell this program. It doesn't work. It falls flat. It, It comes across as fake. 
And it's interesting how I watched myself. I started burning myself out, but I was able to pull myself out of it this time because I had that level of awareness. But yeah, this idea that as a projector, projectors can sell things without actually knowing what the program is. Projectors have this weird ability to like, you just need a cart, right? You don't need the whole sales page. You can sell something before it's ready. People will buy that if you are in alignment. Whereas generators, manifesting generators, it actually behooves you to have a sales page. It behooves you to have more information. It behooves you to tell people like what they're going to get. Um, so that piece of it, I mean, it's it's a little bit intangible, right? In a sense, like, can you really sell, you know, can you really sell something without a sales page? You actually can, and you can do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also understanding that within yourselves. And it's interesting having a generator as a business partner, Because like, I truly am like, I'm going to sell before I'm ready. And I'm just going to talk about it. And I do that. And we sell. Whereas if Laura tries to do that again, it's really interesting. She doesn't do as well when we don't have a sales page. Mm. She doesn't do as well when she doesn't have like a list of things that we're working from. Um, And so even understanding that within ourselves is very dynamic. And it really has pushed us because both of us love branding. Both of us love marketing. Like if you were to ask me what's one thing in business that I could obsess about and talk about all day long, it would be those two things. But it's it's fascinating to me how human design just gives you this other playground mm-hmm. to play with, like play on mm-hmm. um, in that marketing conversation because it isn't one size fits all. Does that Ooh, make sense? So good. Yes, it makes total okay. sense. Are you kidding? Okay, so... I just want to bring up this really interesting point because I had like a hit as we we're talking. And that is the reason that I love marketing and the reason I love everything in business, but really marketing is the thing that I'm obsessed with is because at the end of the day, it's just human beings connecting with other human beings. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yes. like that's a lot of people who are in marketing. It's not like the strategy while that's freaking cool to see that unfold it's really understanding the humans behind it. That's so... It's psychology. To me, it's psychology. It's the psychology of how we interact. It's the psychology of like, how can we use our voice? How do people receive our voice? Are Are we having uncomfortable conversations? Like, I think that's a huge piece of marketing that gets overlooked because you're right. It's all conversation, but we get lost in the art of it as well. And, you know, the art side of it, do I have the perfect logo? Do I have the perfect website? Do I have the perfect brand colors? Like I get all that and we can get totally lost in that. But yes, I agree with you. Like marketing and branding, it really is, it's human psychology, which I find so fascinating. It is. And it's being less afraid to play. And Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is when someone gets really good at marketing, they push past these fears that are ingrained in them for lots of reasons. But I find that as I do this more and more, and probably you guys too, it's, oh, this isn't like one way. You can actually try five different ads and see what what hits and what doesn't. And it's never the one that I think it's going to be, right? It's always, um, it's always different ones. It's always different copy because I'm letting myself play and I'm in a different creative space. And it it just, it's an amazing thing if you can get there, which is why I just wanted to bring that up because we're talking all about like humans and connecting and <laughs> this is marketing. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so 
Um, Laura, I wanted to ask you when um, Betsy was saying that you were kind of let down about being a generator. Talk to me about that. <laughs> I want to understand this. Well, you know, I think initially, honestly, I mean, I was disappointed. I didn't even know why. I mean, it's like a, it was like a child being disappointed in, I don't know what, like, I didn't know what any of it really meant. I just knew like, we hear the word manifester and you immediately assume like, oh, well, they're going to manifest shit and it's going to be really easy for them. (laughs) That's not true. You talk to any manifester and they will tell you that like they've grown up being conditioned to be a generator. So they've been doing things incorrectly as well. And they will tell you that they have had to do their own inner work and their own mindset work to figure out how to be in alignment with a manifester. The reality is that anyone, regardless of your human design, can be wildly successful and manifest anything and everything you desire. It's just the how that you're going about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always like um, another human design um, expert, AC Brown, always describes it as like uh, human design is like the IKEA instruction manual to your soul and your body interfacing. So it's like you have this soul, it has chosen this body and this life. It was born with it when it was born to the people that you were born to in the environment you were born in. And you've gone through, um, you've gone through the experiences that you've gone through as a child, as an adolescent into your early twenties. And when you learn what your human design is, you're just learning how to take the things that you deeply desire in your soul, your purpose here on life in, in life. And just, this is how you're going to execute it. <laughs> it's the energetic roadmap, the blueprint to like, this is, this is how you're going to get where you want to go. So when I actually, you know, dug into the literature and figured out, well, what does it mean to be a generator? I love being a generator. Like I love, 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 love it. And it feels so natural to me now for me to try now, when I think about trying to be a manifestor, I'd be like, Oh no, I don't even, don't make me do that. I don't want to initiate anything that feels wrong. (laughs) Right. But, but it's just like our preconceived notions about things. And also there's some conditioning as well. Like like I said, I mean, you know, there's, anyone can have conditioning in their businesses. And I think in particular, you know, because the majority of the world, 70% are either generator or manifesting generator. um, And people unconsciously pick up on the fact that we have this sort of like energizer bunny energy in us. And so a lot of the conditioning that I've had to go through and a lot that our generator and many gen clients have had to sort of unpack is, you know, we say yes, when we really mean no, a lot of the time Mm -hmm. we say things because we say yes to things because we know we can do it, or we think we should do it. Or we know that if we do it, we'll probably be able to do it well and receive a reward for it. So we just go ahead and we do it, do it, do it. And then, I mean, gens and many gens can get burnt out just as much as a non-energetic being but we get, it takes us longer to finally burn out, but we will get there if we just continue to do things that aren't really lighting us up that we don't really desire. And, you know, if I think about like a, a tangible example in our business, Betsy will laugh because, but I love telling this story because it's hilarious for a while. I feel like in the first year of our business, you know, I, I was, we were absorbing any and all, you know, marketing and branding and lead gen webinars we could get our hands on. And so I had watched a few Oh, webinars about Pinterest. Like Pinterest is this lead generator and it's hot and it's amazing. It's do this. Da, da, da. And I was like, okay, yes. And like my head, which I have an open head, I have open head centers in my human design chart. You do actually as well. Um, we will pick up on ideas and inspiration 
and we'll be like, oh, yes, yes, yes. This is amazing. This is so cool. But if we don't filter it <laughs> through our inner authority <laughs> and actually ask ourselves like, yes, it's a good idea, but do you actually desire to do it? Like, does it really light you up or is it just a good idea maybe for someone else? No, she, she was totally 100% a yes. I really, truly think that because I asked you if you wanted to do this and you were like, yes. And I was like, okay, run with it. Like have fun. Like it was a sacral yes at the beginning. I still stand by that. I think it was a sacral yes because I wanted it to be. Because you were so lost in your head, your open head. And that happens. And also when you don't fully understand the work behind what is going to, what it takes to make something successful, because generators, we are meant to not just become obsessed with the thing that we want, but also to become obsessed with the process itself of how to get there. Like we, when we like something and we're really into it, the work doesn't bother us because we like the work. Like we're, we're just into it. But I didn't really understand all that was going to be involved in like, how do you build up a huge following on Pinterest and then meaningfully drive that, that those views to people listening to your podcast and signing up on your newsletter and following you on social, like getting into your containers. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Make a long story short. I start going down the Pinterest rabbit hole and figure out all the things that I'm supposed to do. And within a very short period of time, we went from having no Pinterest um, account at all to having like 3.3 million monthly views, like (laughs) overnight. Like, so I did it. I did the thing. I was doing the thing and getting the, the views, but it never translated. Like it never really meaningfully translated to more leads. Or if we did get more leads, they would unsubscribe because they just, they, they didn't want to hear what we had to say, I guess. Like it wasn't, it wasn't in alignment for them. It didn't create more money. It didn't really bump up our podcast at all. And, but also more importantly, I didn't like it anymore. Once I got going, it wasn't exciting to me. I wasn't into it. It started to feel like a drag. And then when I tapped into my human design, I recognized like, oh, like this feels arduous. It feels like I'm dragging my feet. I'm forcing myself, trying to will myself into making the images for Pinterest and pinning them and tagging them all the right way. And like doing the work, the process of the work was no longer fun to me. And I, it wasn't lighting me up at all. And so like, so we abandoned that. We abandoned it. And we went down in a, we went you know, into a direction that did feel in alignment for us, which at that time, like we got more into our Facebook group and nurturing relationships in our Facebook group, which worked really well for me because I do well in a group. I like responding to people mm-hmm. that made a lot more sense for my energy. And, and the strategy for a generator is to respond. Mm-hmm. So that made perfect sense for me. And away we went and we, you know, we started filling up our programs after that, when we, <laughs> we shifted and moved my energy into a different direction. Um, but I think, you know, that's the thing about, I mean, there's a 101 ways that you can generate leads and market to those leads and, you know, get new clients, but it's really about using your design, using your inner authority to correctly identify what, what feels good to you, what's going to work for you. And then pursuing that as opposed to letting yourself become distracted (laughs) by what is working for someone else. And like, yay, congratulations. So happy for you and your Pinterest wins, but like, that's not for us. Uh And that was, that was an important lesson for us in the beginning of our business. It was an important lesson for me because it it is tricky in the beginning, um, as a general manager to like, we're so conditioned to say yes, 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 yes. And sometimes we don't even know 
what is a true, like, do we truly desire this? Is this really coming from a desired yes? Or is it like a should, or I think this is a good idea. Yes. So how do you filter that out? How do you get to the place where you know what the answer is? Mm -hmm. So in your, oh, go ahead, Betsy. Well, I was going to say for Laura and anyone that has the defined sacral. So there's different, uh, there's different authorities. I don't know why I just tripped on that word today too. There's each of us has our own strategy within the energy type, right? Which we've talked a little bit about, but then inside that there's also your authority. And so, um, for gens and many gens, you're either an emotional authority, which means you have a defined solar plexus and you're here to sort of ride the wave of your emotion and then make a yes, no decision. Um, or if you are a sacral generator, like a pure sacral generator, it's yes, no questions. So for, for us, like the biggest shift in our business was understanding that Laura responds to yes, no questions. That's how she makes decisions. And it's actually a really great marketing tip. If you think about it, because if 70% of the population in this world responds to yes, no questions, even if they're an emotional authority, they're still going to resonate with yes, no, then it's easy. You ask yes, no questions to help people make decisions. Mm-hmm. So as soon as with Laura, it's always like, do you want to do this? Yes. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Is there something that would feel better to do right now? Yes. No. Like it's all about that. Yes, no answer. And the thing that we have found is understanding, like if you have a defined sacral, what's one of the things that happens in business? We get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed by choices. So at the beginning of our business, because I respond to open-ended questions, I'm a non-sacral being, I would ask Laura open-ended questions because I actually, as a self-projected projector, I need open-ended questions so I can talk out and find my answer. That's my authority, but it's the exact opposite for Laura. So at the beginning of our business, when I was asking Laura all these open-ended questions, like, what would it feel like to be doing Pinterest? And she would just like, (laughs) be like, don't ask me this question. And I'd be like, do you want to do it? And she'd be like, yes, I do. It's the same thing. When we started the podcast, do you want to do a podcast? Yes. I don't know what it is. Tell me what it is. Right. Mm. It's those yes, no questions that allow Laura to make decisions quickly. And it's binary and it's easy. And it's, it's just like, yes, no, it doesn't need to make sense. It just needs to be yes or no. And And are you going like inward with the yes and no, or are you just literally responding? Responding. The responding, the sacral makes, and you'll notice this. So Betsy noticed this about me. (laughs) So the defined sacral actually makes a guttural sound. Uh Uh-huh is yes. uh Uh-uh is no. So just notice like, and I say this to clients, um, you know, if you, if you're feeling like you don't know where your response is, Try responding to someone without actually opening your mouth, like without actually saying yes or no and start with something simple. Like, you know, ask yourself, like, do I want coffee? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Right. Or do you want to get in the, do you want to hop in the shower or have a bath? Mm-mm. Like shower? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Bath? Mm-hmm. Like that. It literally comes from the sacral, that sound. And that's how you begin to decondition your sacral and get down to what is your truth is to start playing and experimenting with it, play with it in your everyday life. Like, okay, it's, you know, you're sitting down in front of your laptop in the morning. Do I want to check my emails first? Or do I want to check in with my team on, on the Slack thread, right? Like emails, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, yes or no. Slack, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, yes or no. Like start playing with it and notice like, um, you know, the signature 
theme for a generator or manifesting generator is satisfaction. We will feel this like deep, like, Ooh, yes. Like pleasurable satisfaction from something that we responded yes to. And it really did. It was an alignment. If we respond to something, we go ahead and do it. And it's not in alignment. The feeling are not what we call our not self theme in human design is frustration. So maybe you say yes to, you know, jumping into the emails first thing in the morning. And then you notice within five to 10 minutes, like you're feeling super frustrated and you're like, ah, I wish I, I really, you're like, you're feeling pulled to get into Slack or you're feeling pulled to go do something else. That's a, that's a sign. That's telling yourself like, Hey, I made a choice. I thought it was the right one, but I'm feeling really frustrated. So that's like red flag, make a U-turn and come back and ask yourself another question. I said yes to email, but would I really prefer to do something else right now? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I would. Okay. Would I rather, you know, edit a podcast right now? Would I rather check in with my clients on Voxer? Would I rather write like yes or no? And you can start to play with it and figure out like what does feel in alignment. You can do this with everything in your life. You can do it with your nutrition. You can do it with your relationships. You can do it with like bedtime. You can do it with your tasks in your business, anything and everything. And when you start to practice that, you'll, you'll discover where you've been saying yes. And it was really a no. Because yeah. <laughs> your, fr- your frustration will tell you. And you'll also notice where you're getting it right because you will feel this deep, like pleasurable satisfaction. And, and then you'll know, you're like, oh, I'm on the right path. And it feels good. As a generator, we want to feel that satisfaction. That's really what we're here for. Mm. This feels so aligned with me. <laughs> Some of the <laughs> generator stuff you're saying and the way that I always describe it, which is, um, really in line with what you were saying, the yes, no, the guttural. Um, I would always ask myself, this is so basic, but do you want a like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a, a grilled cheese? And I couldn't decide between the two. So I would turn it into a yes, no question. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that because at the beginning, so this is the funny thing. So uh, I've noticed this with multiple gens and many gens, this need for control, like, especially when we're deconditioning, this is where it starts getting like harder, but I love that you do this for yourself because at the beginning it was like, okay, these are binary options, two options. Mm-hmm. So your brain logically wants to go from like, oh, I'm struggling in the overwhelming anxiety of the open-ended question. So I'll just give myself two options. If you struggle with the two options it's because you are designed to simply say yes or no. Like you're still overthinking it by giving yourself two options. So then it's like, do I want the peanut butter and jelly? Uh Uh-huh. Great. Just eat it. Like don't overthink it. I think generators, especially because of so many years of conditioning to do more, be more, have more, right? You want to have options. You want to shoot for the stores. It's like, you just get lost and you guys are so freaking lucky in my opinion, (laughs) lucky that it's just like pure satisfaction. Yeah. This feels good. You are designed to be selfish. Like if you're listening to this and you you've got that defined sacral, you are literally designed to be selfish. It is about you. It is about your life force energy. What is lighting, lighting you up. And the easiest way to tap into that is yes, no questions. It sounds so basic. It's not how we were raised to think, but you get to do that and you get to give yourself permission to do that. Don't mm-hmm. make it difficult. Just mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, some women especially struggle with that like selfishness piece. But what I would say to that is like, because we are as women generally conditioned 
to think that, you know, some, a lot of, for example, with clients will ask them, you know, like, why do you want to hit a 50 K month or why do you want, you know, whatever your money goal is. And they're like, well, then I can, you know, provide more for my family and then I can give back and like, yeah, that's all great. But like, why do you want it? Mm. Right. We are conditioned as women to think that like, we can't have more or we're not worthy of receiving more unless we're planning on like redistributing the wealth to others. (laughs) And that's great. And that's wonderful. If that's, if you do desire to do that, but as a general manager, like you're, the world is actually better off when you do what you selfishly want to do first, when you do what you desire, that is what kickstarts that production of big, sparkly, sacral energy. And that is, that will like fill up your own cup and then spill out over into your aura for the rest of the world to lap up. And so you are being of service to people around you when you do what you want first. It's kind of like, you know, you're in the airplane and the oxygen masks drop down. You have to put your own on first and then you can be of service to others. And I think a lot of women, there's conditioning there too, that like, we think we've always got to do it because it's better for someone else. And it's like, no, you do it for you first and then everyone else will automatically be of benefit. So true. It so plays into the patriarchy, the idea that we've created, you know, the, the optimal woman is the woman who cooks all day and makes things for other people, right? That's the woman that we've created over the years in marketing in the patriarchy. That's the selfless. When you think of a selfless mom, right? That's the ultimate woman. But in reality, that's just a load of bullshit Mm -hmm. that we've created over many years. And so we judge each other, right? Mm -hmm. And we're Mm -hmm. finally kind of slowly dissolving that, but that's still very much in society. Yeah. Well, I think too, like non-sacrals, I mean, we have, I mean, it's not a competition, but I think you know, living in a world where people do have energy and we're not designed, that was the biggest thing for me. It was like the people pleasing. Like I was trying to show up in a world where everybody's running and going and they have all this energy and understanding like my worth. I, I do get things done in shorter periods of time. If I'm giving, if I give myself that sort of dedicated space, even rewriting that story for myself in business, right? Like, I mean, I went from being a VP with a corner office to being the boss and then all my friends are like, but you work from home. Like, why can't you come down to New York for the day? Why can't you go to the shore? Why can't you like do all these different things? And you wanted to, I wanted people to see me as quote unquote busy Mm -hmm. and being productive and being successful, which for a projector, like our signature is success. Mm -hmm. Like we feel successful. People perceive us as, as successful. Like success for us is how you feel satisfaction is like, oh yeah, I did this thing. Uh Uh-huh. I'm successful. Um, the flip side of that is bitterness. And it was so interesting how much bitterness I experienced in our business, trying to do things the way everyone was telling me to do them. Because I was like, I knew deep down it wasn't right for me, but I would still show up like a generator and go and push and hustle and, yeah, it's really hard this piece because you know you're talking about self worthiness, you're talking about the patriarchy, you're talking about the system that we all grew up in. You know, go to school from nine to three or whatever. Projectors aren't actually designed that way. Either are manifestors, either are reflectors, but we're only thirty percent of the population, so we have to live in a world where there are set expectations. It's very hard. It's interesting though, having this information because it just totally changes how we show up and I love it. 
Yeah. So I think the main takeaway really from everything is <laughs> life and business are just not the same for everybody and really know yourself. Right. And this is something we, we hear all the time, but we don't really have the tools to explore how to freaking figure that out. Except- 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And, you know, I think, I think every system, like, you know, we talked about Enneagram and, you know, like astrology was a big one for me at the beginning, like just understanding that potential. I think everything gives us an insight into who we are and like how we're designed to show up in the world. But like for us and for me, human design just cut through all the red tape, you know, because it is, it's an energetic blueprint. It's not just like a strategy. It's like, oh, these are the fears that I'm subconsciously holding onto. It's so true. This is how I show up in this area. Like, you know, I'm designed to be a leader. That's really hard as a projector, like being a leader and having, you know, specific gates where I do want to work. I do. I love to work. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's, it's like a compulsion. Well, yeah. Cause it's in my human design chart. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And so even having that like level of awareness, um, for me has been a game changer. Cause then it's like, yeah, you know, two hours a day can be very productive. It can be very exciting, but I can also work longer than that. Yeah. And, um, all these systems, like, I mean, they're all fantastic in their own ways. Like, I'm not going to say one system is better than the other, but like Laura said, this is like the Ikea blueprint. It's the instruction manual of how you're designed to show up. So then you can add that onto the knowledge that you get in everything else. And it's like, whoa, yeah, you're unstoppable. I love that. Yeah. Well, okay. So if someone wants to figure out their human design, how do they do that? Uh, so you can get a free chart online. Um, you can go to uh, like genetic matrix or mybodygraph.com is another really great site and you can run a free chart. Um, or if, and then if you really want to like deep dive into it, Laura does these incredible hour long sessions called star strategy sessions um, where she will tell you everything you need to know about yourself and how to put it all together. So energy type and all your energy centers, all the gates, all the channels. And then you get a week of Voxer support with her, which is incredible. Um, so you can deep dive, ask all the questions. Um, and I would say, you know, if you look at your human design chart and you can get lots of free information, but again, if you're like a business owner and you just want to cut to the chase, star strategy session is absolutely the way to go. And you could sign up for those at www.lesciousessel.com. Okay. And if someone wants to, is like, I want to see where you guys live. Is that on Instagram? It is. Okay. You can find everything going on in our world. Um, we're at luscious.hustle on Instagram. Um, if you DM us 99.9% of the time, it's Laura that's going to respond. <laughs> she's the one, she's so much, she's a generator. She loves responding. So she's in there before me. Um, but yeah, you can all find out everything we've got I'll going respond. on. <laughs> I'm going to drop all of the things that you just mentioned in the show notes. So if, if you lost some of this or you're driving, just go into the show notes later. It'll be in there for you and grab it there. You guys, thank you so much. This was truly mind-blowing. Um, I'm probably going to have to book a session with you, Laura, because now you have lit me up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. That would be, that would be fantastic. Cause I mean, yeah. And you know, it's funny, the star strategy sessions, we always end up talking about people's, you know, partners or business partners or kids. And it, I, I love doing that because it's, you know, I mean, a big thing with Betsy and I is like, we have completely opposite charts. 
So learning ourselves and learning each other created so much more synchronicity in our businesses. And I mean, really, that's what it's all about. We talked about this with marketing. It's about humans connecting to other humans. So when you understand yourself, then you can understand how you're meant to interface with the humans in your life (laughs) and and how you can make it all happen more synergistically with, you know, clients and, and yeah, it's just a really beautiful, really beautiful process. Really beautiful. Thank you ladies so much for being here with me. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Okay. So, so much fun stuff to dive into there about human design and, you know, like the personality and growth assessments, although now I understand that human design is different. It's always worth checking these things out and seeing how you feel about it. Uh, With that, uh, the links and everything you need are in the show notes to go further on this if it feels good to you. And I just want to say thank you for trusting me with your precious time. Please share this episode with anyone that it might inspire or help. You have no idea how much uh, we get from you guys sharing. So thank you so much. And I hope this and I and you continue to shift your perspective and growth, uh, both personally and professionally. I am honored to be part of your journey in all things business, life, mindset, seeing it through the marketing lens. I will see you here next Tuesday for a new episode. Okay, wait, before we move on, I want to ask you to do two things for me today. Subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you hear, rate us wherever you listen. We appreciate your five-star reviews so much. I read each one and I could not be more grateful for you.